Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome. Let's get it. So we have in the building the we got Ian Brookin. What's going on, Ian? Not much, you know, just hanging out, ready to uh, you know get into this episode. That's what it do. We got Janet Langford. What's going on, Janet? Hey, good morning, everybody. We good. We good. Next up is the Rikis Chambers. What's popping, D? <laughs> I love D. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Ain't nothing much going on. All right. That's going on with the rent. <laughs> now, last but not least, we got Miss KP back. Yay, Christine. Good morning, good people. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Look, I, I had to turn into you at the end of the last episode and, and bring that inspiration, you know what I'm saying? But it's good to have you back on with us. So as you guys know, and those of you who may not know, we are the Alethea House New Norm podcast where uh, community meets wellness. And so this is what we do every first and fourth Tuesday of the month. So, of course, this is the first Tuesday of August. Can y'all believe it, man? This this year right, is right. like August. Out of here. <laughs> That's it. Out of here. Yeah. Yeah. We're moving. Yeah. We are moving. August kind of did anybody feel like August like kind of snuck up on them? Like it really kind of mm -hmm. snuck up on me. Like, I don't know. Just it feels like August just kind of popped out of nowhere. It does because, like, it was just my birthday. So, you know, I gotta. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm so childish. I can't help it. But, nah, I, I feel like it was just my birthday. We already in August. So, yeah, time is moving. So, yeah, y'all, we just wanna have a little fun this morning, bring you some inspiration, some good information. And as always, you know, we are focused on uh, bringing that wellness tip in a, in a way that people can receive it. So we are Alethea House, New Norm Podcast, and I guess we'll start where we always start, which is our word on the street with Janet Langford. Mm. Hey, everybody. Good morning. So my word on the street is just going to be real simple, um, just to throw a little excellence on your timeline this morning. So Tuskegee University has actually um, named their second female president. Her name is Dr. Charlotte Morris, and she will be Tuskegee University's ninth president. And so we just want to congratulate her. Yes. That is my word on the street for today. Quick, brief, and to the point. All right, see you in the building. Let's go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. If you have never been to Tuskegee's campus, yeah, I would strongly encourage that uh, that famous statue, yeah. man. Like, you got to get a picture. It is. It's beautiful. The the um where he's lifting the veil of ignorance. <laughs> um. Who is lifting the veil of ignorance, Jane? I don't see. I don't want to embarrass myself. My grandma watching this, she'll be so mad. Right? Booker T. Washington, right? <laughs> is it? Is he the Booker T. Washington? Yeah, it's Booker T. Washington. He's lifting. Janet, the veil. I would no. Nah, huh? I would come down there just to on punishment. Okay, I guess. If grandma watching, Miss Sullivan, we gonna get her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, it's either him or it's it is a car. Okay. Uh, just stop. <laughs> just stop. Ian says stop, please. Just oh, Lord. nah, but for real. And I, I really just uh that I think fun. last year just knew that um Booker T. Washington is actually buried on Tuskegee's campus. Because mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. So we uh, you know, paid homage to him last year and you know, went to his final resting place and of course, his home was there. And you yeah, got to shout out George Washington Carver. Um, you know, y'all get me on my Alabama tip. I, my, my children find me annoying when, when we get on this subject, but I'm just going to say it. I mean, so much was birthed in Alabama. So much uh, just, I mean, industry, science, the literary arts, music, activism, um, political organizing has its roots in Alabama or people who were from Alabama. So 
you know, I love that, that word on the street today. So congratulations, Tuskegee, and all those TU alumni out there um, on, on getting a new president. So cool. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gone and, and been in the corner and head on to uh, Writer's Block with Ian Brookin. So what we got today, Ian? All right. So today I will be doing a part one on uh, ways to find your voice uh, with your writing or with whatever you're doing creatively. Um, one, I think one of the most difficult things is being able to find your voice, uh, how you sound, um, your delivery, your cadence, that all plays a part into your creative expression. So I'm gonna do four uh, ways to help find your voice. So the first one is uh, be original. Be original. I know it's really hard to be original because there's this idea that there's no such thing as originality anymore. and um, it's really hard to be original, but just try to focus on doing something, saying something or expressing yourself in a way that's never been done before or in a way that um, separates you from everyone else. Um, so focus on the point um, you're trying to make and say it as only you can. Avoid using cliches. Cliches like creativity and they're kind of overplayed. So just try to be original. Try to say things in the way that you say them that no one else has said them. Number two. Use your life experiences. Your life experiences give you the most inspiration. Um, The culmination of unique experiences in your life have given you the the distinct point of view. No one else has your point of view um, from what you experience in your life. Everything you experience is made specifically for you. So tap into that and try to incorporate that into your creative expression. Um, Three, be present in your writing. Whether you're developing a narrative uh, storyline or writing a blog spot, immerse readers in your story and be present when you write. Use authentic tone, use effective syntax to effectively convey the details of your story, your cadence, your delivery, um, it's all that. And then the last one is have a have an adaptable voice. Um, while you should have a, a confident and consistent voice, writing style should shift depending on what type of writing you're, you're doing. So, um, Say, for instance, like uh, different genres will work better with different types of writing styles. Um, your personality will shift depending on the narrator's perspective. So, like, you know, the, if you're writing about some sci-fi stuff, you're not going to use a tone that's going to be like um, a love a love song. You know what I'm saying? So always try to fit your tone and fit your style with whatever the topic or whatever you're writing about. And um, that's part one of ways to find your style and next time I will do part two. That was good. That was good. That made it made me think about something when he said like pretty much creativity. And I was reading about like an article or something and it was just saying like the parts of your brain that um that work when you're like being creative. And I I thought that was so interesting because like pretty much you the part of your brain that you use to like make decisions and all that type of stuff it it kind of lowers when you're like in like your creative zone in your mind like you it's just like your own space for you to do whatever it is you want to do ain't that crazy (laughs) yeah (laughs) i like that though and i guess for somebody that is just not as creative as the rest of the team I take my charges, but um, I do like I did like the originality piece because that just you know resonated with me. It's you know not necessarily using it creative wise, but just being original. I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day, and I was like, you know, just in your daily life, I feel like everybody's doing the same thing, trying to look the same way, and there is no more originality, and which sucks in a world that we're supposed to be so liberal and you know have so much autonomy. And we're all doing the same and acting the same way. Like, where is the originality? Keep going, Chrissy. I just, no, I'm just saying I appreciate that because I mean it was just confirmation to me. Cause I mean, you know, people be like, You so young, and cause I don't wear lashes, and I don't wear makeup, and I guess, you know, as an average 28 year old, that's supposed to be my thing. And I'm just like, I I just ain't got time. I, I just I don't want I don't want to. I don't think I want to. How you know what people kill me with what they be saying though because you keep them nails done like that's your thing you keep them nails done so I mean that's your thing that's your thing that's true I'll take that 
I like the part about, um, you know, it was something about you said about like your story, telling your story or owning your story. Using your experiences and stand, you, like mm -hmm. staying within your or telling, staying within your story, putting yourself in the story. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, and that kind of goes to like what Christy was just saying, you know, a lot of times we want to downplay our stories or, you know, sometimes our stories may be uncomfortable because they're different than everybody else's. Like your story doesn't, or, you know, I speak for myself, my story doesn't match up with other people's story, but that's what makes me unique. That's what makes me different and, um, you know, stand out from everybody else. But I think a lot of times, even especially like as a child with me, I just speak from my experience, like, that's always just been who I am. Like I just always been a bright color and just did things differently. But I think that's discouraged. You know, when you think mm -hmm. about children at school, you want everybody to be the same, everybody to be uniformed, everybody to sit still, be quiet, you know, stay on the line. And mm -hmm. it's subliminally like beat into us that you shouldn't want to have your own uniqueness or you shouldn't want to stand out or have your own story. So I think that um, I think that that's really powerful, whether you're a writer or not, you know, that you find ways to just uh, appreciate your own personal story. I think mm -hmm. that, that that would do a lot with some of the ills that we see in society right now. Mm -hmm. um, the originality thing reminded me of that T-Pain rant when he was like, uh, why was this thing something saying? else? Like you literally have two people with baby in their name giving you all the music. You want. Do something different. And that's what it is. Like, like seriously, like a lot of music or a lot of rap now just sounds like one long song. This is all it sounds like. And it's just like, why can't y'all just like do something different, man? Like Yes, you know, it does. It's one long song. Right. It's easier to ride the wave. So mm -hmm. but you know what honestly i'm gonna challenge that and honestly say because yeah. people aren't being creative they're well, not, they're, being, they're being creative they're just doing the same thing everybody else is doing because it's not like, being creative though yeah i mean i think it i think it's being creative in that you're expressing yourself creatively but like as far as like being original or like separating yourself from what everyone else is doing then they're not being original yeah or they're yeah. not they're not doing their own thing they're just doing what it's like you gotta what you say Lord. and they're doing what it takes to get them there um mm. it. oh yeah he then now he just he want to do but he you know, but he old time road us first. He couldn't have came out doing the extra <laughs> stuff that he's doing now before mm -hmm. he got his name, you know. The man said he old time yeah. road us first. <laughs> he really did. Like he he did. He did. He, he to that, yeah. Yeah, me. That's, yeah. that was funny. But once again, that you know, different because when I think of like creativity, I, I actually think of like improv, and improv is really really difficult when you're in your head like mm -hmm. improv it, it is you can't if you if you've ever improv with anything you know that you cannot be in your head you have to be impulsive and whatever is coming to you at the moment that's what you like that's what's coming out of you mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of times with you know with like what t-pain was saying mm -hmm. in samples people are in their head making decisions why because that's actually how we're programmed to think Think about what you're doing. Think about what you're going to say. But when you're in a, uh, you, I think you have to learn like, okay, when is it time to turn it on? And when is it time to turn it off? When you're in a world of creativity and you're trying to literally create something, you have to, whatever's coming to my, my mind and my head, I, I have to go from there. That's how you create movement. That's how you create flow. So, mm -hmm. okay, flow. Yes, look, shout out to my mentor, Miss Tony Blackman, because I was feeling her energy channeled as you was talking, Janet. That uh, that's a uh, a woman who is she was the first hip hop ambassador um, named by the U.S. State Department, 
but it's probably been about like 20 years now since um, she first had that title. But what she's known for is how she uses freestyling and the cypher experience to foster emotional wellness. Mm -hmm. And so uh, anybody that's watching or um, anybody that knows about uh, Miss Tony Blackman's work, that's one thing that she pushes, like get out of your head. Like I've heard her say that a million times. And, uh, you know, we're always trying to think of the next dopest line and how you could rhyme this word. But she's like, no, feel it. Feel what you're saying and then let the words just flow out of you and let that be your release and and get out of your head space. Yep. That's real. It is. It's so real. Yes. Well, as y'all see, you know, the the show is off to a fast start. And, uh, (laughs) you know. The writer's block, you don't have to be a writer to gain from writer's block because as Ian reminds us often, word, we all use words, words of spells, you know, be cautious and how you're using your words, do it with intention. So I guess we're all really writing, even if we don't consider ourselves writers. So uh, thank you, Ian, mm-hmm. for that writer's block. So let's go on and circle the block on to ease essentials. Eat the block. Yes, yes. So, what do we have today, uh, D? What's essential? Oh, dear. We, we gotta get him some connection. <laughs> Look, at this point, it's not the connection. Like, I think it's the device. I do, right. That's what I was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <He is laughs> and his face begins stuck. Like, <laughs> I think it's time for us to upgrade, friend. Oh, Definitely the device. Say what now? <laughs> we done had a whole conversation. It's your turn. <laughs> okay. I'm in tears. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Let me just let me remove him for a second. Hey, Wait a minute. Oh. You tell me. <laughs> All right. So I guess. Oh, there you go. Hey, D. Thank you. Oh, that tickled me. Why did you tickle like that, though? Like, I'm crying real tears. That was just <laughs> I'm talking about every week. But oh, not you over here crying, crying real. We all need that good laugh. Derek is. We did. <laughs> nah, real talk. Like we really needed that good laugh. Like seriously, seriously. But um, but no, I think um, where we could go next. Uh, good morning, <laughs> Kelly. Right on time. Thank you, Casper Bring some order back to this. Podcast. <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoy your lunch. We appreciate your support as always. And we're excited about the work that is happening in Roanoke, Alabama. Shout out to Roanoke, Randolph County. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, I guess we could kind of get into our discussion and uh, kind of talk about some of the off-camera uh, topics that we were addressing um, the last couple days. And um, I think one place to start that would be a little less controversial, Janet, is what uh, what you saw in the news about the third grade reading scores. Okay, yeah, so absolutely. So I was just kind of, you know, reading on WSFA, and I think um, it was just pretty much talking about Kate Ivey, um, um, the the bill where the third graders um, pretty much schools um, if if a third grader cannot read they will not be passed on and I was talking to my supervisor about that because I just wanted to you know just get more insight um, <clears throat> and more feedback about you know what people kind of think about that and I I thought it was really interesting how it um, pretty much says ways to prevention because a lot of times people love to show up when the problem um when 
people love to show up when we have a problem and people don't want to really address the underlying issues of what's going on. And so I think with the third, with people or, or this bill trying to be put in place to pretty much hold third graders back if they can't read is a great example of that because I don't think a lot of times people consider, you know, um, parents may not be in a position where they can, you know, read. And I think Dr. D, I'm gonna let you jump in because you made a great um, point when you just talked about like how parents communicate with their, their kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, when we just look at, okay, by the time a child reaches a third grade, so they've been in school, you know, pretty much probably kindergarten, you know, K through, through third, but school doesn't just start there or learning, I should say, doesn't start there. Learning starts, you know, really technically before the child is even born, when the child is still in the womb. And so, you know, being intentional with how we communicate with children, I think currently people kind of get it. You know, now with social media, you see all the little videos of people with their children and the baby's having, you know, conversations and being very expressive. But that helps a child's exposure to language because, um, you know, if, if you're only, you know, telling your child no or just talking to them in, um, right. in, in very limited language, that does not bode well for them once they get into school, you know, when they haven't been exposed. And then also just reading um, to your child, children seeing you read going to the library um, <clears throat> with me, because I my children were or are, you know, back to back. They're, there's just three years separating from my oldest child to my youngest. And so they were a handful when they were small. And uh, and going to certain places was expensive. But I'm telling you, one place that was always free 99 okay. was the library. Always. So I would, I would, you know, me and my church, we go to the library all the time. They got their first uh, library cards by the time they were like three. You know, we'd be checking out books and, you know, just letting them get that experience and that love of reading and that exposure to words. Right. So, right. you know, again, yeah. to your point, Janet, a lot of um, parents just don't know that that's something that's important or, you know, it's something that's an option or something mm -hmm. they should be doing. Or even with like um, programs because prevention is proactive, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, you know, just putting programs in place for, you know, parents or um, guardians to be able to learn how to read or like you, like you just said, you know, hey, having something where maybe families could get together and they could all be reading together, um, you know, as a family, because that's a literacy issue, you know, yeah. and which kind of segue to the Alabama prisons in, in Alabama. Yeah. Um, so I know, you know, we heard about, I guess, like the billion dollar plan um, that Alabama was, you know, trying to put in place to build new prisons, um, which I think has stopped. But, you know, yes, there's shout out to the activists that made it stop. Shout out to Pastor Kenny, Rodrisha, Latanya Tate, and all of those uh, workers on the ground and, and students out of Auburn that actually single handedly put a halt to that three like billion dollar prison complex. Um, you know, but. I mean, like you said, I mean, it still, you know, cycles back into the prison system. So, I mean, it's literacy, but it is really prevention. If we could yeah. get in there in the beginning, in the, in the early stages. And, you know, I, I thought that was a great point that you brought up. And, and I really wanted us to uh, discuss it, you know, discuss it here. So, yeah, um, that was my first time hearing about this bill or this um, act, let me say that. But I actually think it's, it's grand because we've lost a lot of accountability in the homes as well. Yeah. Um, and that that that's, you know, your fundamentals come from K through five. Yeah. That's when you learn how to, you know, read, write, add, subtract, so on and so forth. And if you don't have those basic building blocks, everything else is just going to crumble. So making sure that they know how to read, reading comprehension, it's important. Granted, you know, comprehension is definitely something that, you know, lacks in a lot of adults as well, but it has to start somewhere. And at this point in life, there is really no excuse. 
We need to learn how to, as parents, aunties, uncles, grandparents, whatever you want to call us, we all have a role, but we need to start being more creative in the ways that our children learn. We already know everybody don't learn the same way. So let's start incorporating the different ways that your child or your children can learn and not just passing it off to the school. Because now the school is reversing it back to the home where it should have been in the first place or where it lies initially. And now everybody has a problem. I don't feel like it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Because I still remember sitting at the table. My mom had used to have to teach us how to write in cursive. Different things like that. Where's the accountability? And if the parents don't know how to go into Janet Point, if the parents don't know how to read or comprehend and things like that, that's a journey that y'all can take together. That's inspiration for the child to see, okay, if mama trying, daddy trying, I should try too. And that's, you know, the ball is getting dropped. If these kids can learn a two-minute song and know it front and back, Ain't no reason they can't read a book. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, keep in mind too. Man, that like, speak on that. Yeah. Also, well, well, I was gonna say you also got to keep in mind too. Like with teachers, like teachers don't get paid hardly anything. So it just shows yeah. that like if teachers, if they're not getting paid, they're not gonna they're not gonna put if unless like teaching it well from the beginning. Teaching is a calling for one. Like you have to have a calling to be a teacher. Like you can't just be like. You know, I'm gonna be a teacher and I'm gonna do all this blah 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 based off money because teachers don't get paid enough money anyway. Yeah. So if the teachers are looking at it like as a way to get a paycheck, of course they're not gonna put all their energy in trying to like teach kids, you know, you know, to to excel past what they're capable of of excelling. So um honestly, I feel teachers should be paid a lot higher. Um, because they're teaching our future. They're, they're raising the future. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but at the same time, you know, parenting also, you know, you got to teach, teaching just doesn't start. It doesn't just happen in school. You know, it happens outside of school. And like Christy said, like reading comprehension, like comprehension is everything. Like if you can't comprehend what's going Mm -hmm. on, if you can't comprehend what's going on by what you're reading, if you can't comprehend a situation in your environment, then, um, you're you're pretty much like doomed to fail. Like for but real. I, and then too, I honestly think what they, I think that they they don't understand. Like you putting that bill in place is actually going to create um or it's going to really show like some more underlying issues because I really I'm just predicting I'm going to say you're going to have a large population of kids that aren't going to you know progress to the to the fourth grade. And, you know, going back to what Christy said, accountability, like, I will say this. I think a lot of times people are like, okay, well, you know, uh, what is it that I can do? I see children walking around with Nike on. And, you know, we, we, we can just pretty much predict how much Nike costs. You can take those same funds and you can invest in hooked on phonics. My grandma did it (laughs) when I was in first grade, you know. So, you know, really invest in your children, invest for the long, long term. And if, if, if people are wondering if Hooked on Phonics is just for, you know, kids, I don't know if that program is still out there, but no, like Hooked on Phonics is actually really good for adults too. You can do, you can do both. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> y'all see y'all, y'all co-star, you can get our back. Mm-hmm. No. Hey, Shout out to D, man. Yeah. He's about to try to do his um right here <laughs> in this comment section. Hey, let him be great. Shout out to uh Kashula, uh McNair Edwards, who was a former guest, Crystal Salisbury. Yeah, shout out to our team member Meg. Hey team, enjoying the convo. Janet, you just nailed it. As an educator, this speaks to me. Yes, because Meg is at Kusa yeah. uh, Central. Uh, she works at the media center um, in the library. And so she's all surrounded by the books and, and, and uh, really understands the power of literacy when it comes to our children. So um, great comment as well, Crystal. Yes. Education does begin in the home. And this is where, you know, I feel like that's where we got to kind of circle back around because 
Um, yeah, we could be outraged about the bill. And, and the one thing that I am concerned about is because this bill was actually passed, I believe in 2019 is when it was passed. So of course we could not foresee what was to come. So when they passed the bill in 2019, it was going to go into effect in 2021. Well, we know that the last year and a half has been far from normal. Like we were already at a deficit. So imagine now looking at the reading scores of the children. And so this is where, you know, I have some concern about what that is going to look like. And just even the pressure and the burden that have been on parents, you know, already. But I mean, we could maybe be surprised because some parents have been more engaged in their students' academic life, you know, in the last year and a half than they ever have, just because of, um, you know, how schools were shut down and everything. So, um, you know, it's something for people to be aware of. And also to Christy's point earlier, uh, with the literacy piece, it's on the parents, but it's on that village. We love to say it's like a village to raise a child. And I think in no other place do we see that than in literacy, you know? And, and so um, just being open and available to being um, in the mix, you know, when it comes to children. Okay, so Meg has said that it's the Literacy Act. All yes. children must be on grade level reading by third grade. Right. So that's the actual uh, act that was passed. So um, by third grade. And, and I mean, when you think about it, all kids should be on reading level. Like, you know, I don't think anybody's debating that. Like, yeah, they should be. But I guess it's kind of like, how do we get there? Well, I'm trying to think also is like, I can remember like, being in first grade, like learning or second grade learning cursive. So like, right. I could have, I had to have learned, I had known how to, I had to have some reading comprehension by that. You know what I'm saying? And so they I, took it I, out. They, they did away with cursive writing. Uh, yeah. You, they don't even teach cursive no more. So mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. But see, I think I also feel like since the climate has shifted to making everything so acceptable and making things mm. so convenient that it, they see how it's really playing out. Well, I think also um, technology has gotten in the way of a lot of stuff. Like, who, like, why would I read a book when I can listen to it? You know what I'm saying? Yes. I am so though. Like, honestly, I'm so jealous of my my grandmother's generation. She's the baby boomer. They know how to sew. <laughs> they right, know right. They know financial literacy. They know how to read. I don't know what what type of curriculum they had back then, but. I, I just feel like this woman woman is so skilled. And every time she says, oh, I learned all of this in school. Curse of oh. writing. She learned every, like all of her basics in school. I'm really jealous. Because like, then you had home ec in school. You know, I know I had home ec. Look, I was in school in the 90s and we had home ec. We had to take wood shop for one class. Like we literally had to say everything. Electives and stuff. It was not. It was required. You had to. You had to take home ec, and uh, one part of home ec was cooking, and the other part of home ec was sewing. Mm. And I remember we made. We had to learn how to use a sewing machine, and we sold pillows. That was our little uh, project. And you learned about shop, Yeah. Now I don't know how to do it now. My son, y'all know my son is a is a budding tailor, so I bought him a sewing machine, and he be killing the game. I don't even step foot near it. Mm -hmm. But just the right. fact that you were exposed to that is, I think, you know, something that we miss out on. And I remember, um, you know, <laughs> I remember also being younger when we had like, like, um, they had summer reading programs. Like you had to, you had to read a certain number of books and do a report right when you came back to school. Yes, on the and it was good. Yes, and so it, was it was just like there was, and if you didn't, you got graded on it if you didn't read the book. So it's just like. That's how we. That's that's what I remember doing when I was growing up, and that's what actually made me like reading was to be able to like pick and choose which book I wanted to read and just actually mm -hmm. read through it. So, um, and I don't even know if they still do that, you know. Um, but I know that that was something like my mom was like adamant about, like you know, you gonna read those books for the summer before you do anything. So it's just like if you want to do this, hang out with your friends. You got to read one or two chapters before you do it. So. 
From going, then even in the music industry, that's why so many of them end up being broke, making good music and making a lot of records and hits. They couldn't read and wouldn't read in the contract. Yeah, yeah. I'm older now, and I can tell like when I haven't like been reading because it shows up. It shows up. <laughs> Even now, as an adult, like mm -hmm. uh -uh. I didn't want to mm -hmm. shout out to these comments. I love. I, know, I said, I'm, I'm, hey, look, keep showing. Yeah. Like the keep it coming, y'all. We having a discussion today. Yeah. Oh, and 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 to uh, who was that? that was talking about the music industry, Christy. Correct. Look, to the point of, and I think maybe we'll uh, we may segue the conversation and, and do a short right from what the other topics so this was just one of the topics we talked about off camera um so it, it speaking with the music industry no but seriously and kind of going back to what we were saying about originality is the fact that people are not reading and the reading comprehension going down is that reflected in some of the monotony oh, in the music is that why that there's no good. content and why people's um, yeah. their vocabulary is limited. Well, you and, know that, and the, you that know, what's that about? Well, you know, they said that uh, popular hip hop music is on a third grade reading level. So it's like, Ooh. I don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, huh? Like, you wonder why they keep saying the same word over and over again. Yeah, it's definitely nothing that jogs your, your, you know, your mental. Like, when you look at, you know, some of your older music, you had to really sit down and kind of dissect what just happened. Like, that, he just, what was the bar? What just happened? What did I just do? Well, it's just, it's not thought, it doesn't provoke thought. You know what I'm saying? And don't well, get me right wrong. Here, like, probably the best example. And don't get me wrong. Like, there's a time and place for, like, you know, that type, you know, like, that type of mainstream popular music. But for the most part, like, if you listening to that type of music all the time, and it's not provoking thought within you, like mm. it's like, what's the what are you listening for? You know what I'm saying? Like it's cool to turn up, but it's also cool to like get some meaning or get a message out of what you're now. you have to be conscious of the words you choose to nod your head to. You know what I'm saying? So this is true. Um, you just got you know, so if you just listening to a bunch of music that's on a third grade reading level, of course it's gonna affect you, you know what I mean? Like it's part of your diet, it's like Everything you eat, everything you watch, everything you listen to, the people you hang out with, that's part of your diet. It's not yeah. just like, you know, exercising and eating, well, right? No, like you what you listen to. Baby. So. Right, and before we, before we talk all the right way around to the baby, I do <laughs> want to add in to, you know, and, and going, you know, what Ian is saying as well. Like, if we think um, about even like just, just sticking with rap as a genre, um, some of the greatest lyricists or rappers, they are people that were avid readers. I mean, you know, Pot was, was known for having a broad library. Nas, although Nas dropped out of school in like the seventh or eighth grade, this man consumed books constantly, him and his brother, because his parents, they felt the school system was doing their children an injustice, so they were like, well, We'll just take the reading at the house. You know, we got these books. And when you listen to his music, you would never know that man only got to like seventh grade in school, but he, he was an avid reader. So, See, you know. About the main so, in, in I don't know if y'all know about this, but there's, there's this guy who like basically what he did was he took a bunch of rappers in hip hop and he broke down the rappers that have the highest vocabulary. And mm. uses the highest vocabulary in their music. Wu Tang members of Wu Tang were far ahead of a lot of the rappers that are out now. Like I think Jizza was like miles ahead of everybody. And it just goes to show, you know, like Wu Tang, like they didn't go to college, they dropped out mm -hmm. of high school. But mm -hmm. how were they able to obtain all these words? These different. You have to love not a uh, language. I think. I think you have to be an avid lover of like. Taking words, manipulating words, learning new words, trying to play with words. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like even playing words with friends. Like I still play words with friends. That's what helps me sharpen my vocabulary. But so, you know, I mean, you just have to like. I think for the most part, um, 
if you working with like language or you just have to have an avid like love for learning new things that have to do with language and the more words you know the more words you can be able to manipulate you can be able to like use you know what i'm saying so Uh um Uh it just goes to show it doesn't matter like if you you know like you know you can teach yourself these words you don't have to go to school or anything not knocking you know not saying you shouldn't go to school but like you know you can teach yourself these words you know reading a dictionary a lot of rappers just straight up i know eminem said the way that he learned his vocabulary was just reading the dictionary and just picking out words from the dictionary so i mean you have to want to have i feel a, a good strong vocabulary and want to be able to comprehend what you're reading, what you're listening to, your environment, and stuff right. like that. So we're gonna go ahead and get a benediction on that one. The, the I'm telling you, so we literally baby where he at. And anybody that's been following the story, y'all already know we we had a nice little discussion, and maybe it's something we could come back to. I'm just looking at the time, and uh, and this is you know a perfect time to, to go on and uh, wrap up this part. Of the podcast but uh but just know that we will be bringing some more discussion um i do want to uh i know it's not time for announcements but i do want to let everybody know back by popular demand is our new norm community conversations where uh, we're going to be looking at art as prevention and so uh that next event is going to be um august the 25th at 6.30 p.m. So y'all go ahead and mark our calendars. And uh, we will probably, I'm pretty sure, be coming back to this topic and, and maybe even um, sharing with the public some of the discourse that we had as it relates to uh, the, the things going on with the baby. And who knows, you know, by the time we get to uh, that date, you know, what what will be going on um, in the world of the baby. So definitely enjoyed the conversation definitely enjoyed the comments y'all shout out the new normers like is that what they gonna be called like they need a a little section oh yeah the new the new normers oh that's so cute that's so dope because they y'all was getting it in on this occasion miss edwards miss bell I know. Yes. Look, the his voice in the, in the comments. We missed you. Barely. You know, on the air, but we sure appreciate you. We do in the comments, buddy. Yes, where is that? So y'all know what we do next. Next up is Doc's Corner. And I have some very exciting news. You know, I got a little emotional when uh, I heard this news. And I'm excited to share with everybody that uh, the U.S. Senate passed Senate Resolution 331. And what that is, how it relates to Doc's Corner, is that the Senate voted unanimously to make August Hip Hop Recognition Month. And August 11th oh, wow. is Hip Hop Celebration Day. Wow. So, yeah. Can y'all believe it? So, I just wanted to read a snippet of this resolution. So, August 11th, 2021 is designated as Hip Hop Celebration Day. And uh, designating uh, August is Hip Hop Res- Recognition Month. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, it's always been this way, but they recognize November is Hip Hop History Month, but that has already been the case. So, uh, whereas on August 11th, 1973, at a back to school jam organized by his sister, Cindy Campbell, and held at the Recreation Room on 1520 Cedric Avenue in the Bronx, New York, Clyde DJ Coolheart Campbell introduced his innovative style of disc jockeying, and together with the Master of Ceremonies, engaging the crowd with rap on the microphone while partygoers known as b-boys and b-girls dance introduced a new style later known as hip-hop which combined the elements of a disc jockey commonly known as a dj master of ceremonies commonly known as an mc music art fashion and dance could y'all imagine being in congress and they like introducing this like (laughs) Ah, I will be spazzing, okay? So, uh, whereas <laughs> the hip-hop genre has been reinvented 
often over the years since 1973, reflecting the state, city, and region of the music from G-Funk and Hyphy on the West Coast to bass and trap in the South to drill in the Midwest to many other sounds from coast to coast and from abroad, including the new school, which continues that trend. Whereas hip hop artists and supporters originally of African heritage now transcend many different ages, ethnicities, religions, locations, political affiliations, socioeconomic statuses, which demonstrates the melting pot quality of hip hop art and culture. And it goes on and on and on. And I resolve that the Senate designates August 11th, Hip Hop Celebration Day, designates the month of August as Hip Hop Recognition Month, designates November, Hip Hop History Month, recognizes the contributions of hip hop to art and culture, encourages senators to plan appropriate activities that support the objective of the Back to School Jam of August 11th, 1973, and encourages local governments in the United States to build partnerships with local hip hop entities and other members of the creative arts and music communities. So let that marinate with the people. So that that made my whole month. Like I said, y'all can't tell me nothing. It's up all month. So, you know, just... Oh. You went oh. from, you went from your level was here and then you said just just to let you know but no hip hop stand up stand up stand okay. up the trap for me I said not the trap the trap they said basically the trap you know what I'm saying the city I, I would I need to see the video when they read this like I want to see what <laughs> what was Tommy Tuberville doing when that was being read and okay what like you know what I'm saying Richard Shelby like what was you doing buddy what was what was going on when that was being read you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> let me tell you this is what was happening it's Christy <laughs> it was the trailer somebody closed his laptop wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Lord. we got to retrieve that video, but come on, yeah, it's the trap. That's right, it's the trap. <laughs> I love it. It's such affirmation and, and confirmation, and you know, going back to to what we were saying. Yes, for the trap, right. you know, it, you know, just the power of words, and as we um, you know, kind of bringing it back to our discussion earlier. When we look at having to bring everybody's grade levels, our reading levels up, and we've highlighted, you know, how children can gravitate to music and just the power of music. And we've gotten this uh, initiative from our U.S. Senate. You know, maybe that's something to think about, you know, as we just kind of move forward with, with things. But, you know, as always with Doc's Corner, you know, we got to bring the hip hop to the combo and uh, happy Hip hop recognition month. <laughs> it's up all month, y'all. It's up. Ain't nobody gonna oh. know that. We know that. Yeah. Now. So we gonna bend that last corner and go mm-hmm. and kick it with Miss KP. What's going on, KP? Well, you know, unfortunately, and I guess fortunately for some, these kids is rolling back into school. <laughs> Praise God. Um, <laughs> praise God for y'all. <laughs> but as they've been that corner and going on back to school, we just want to get some tips and some, you know, reminders for y'all that's um, getting ready to send y'all kids back to school. Um, so one is basically modeling calmness. So in the house, you need to get some organization, get some structure, get some order, so that when the kids get ready to get up and moving out the door, that they can have, you know, just a sense of calmness because there's nothing worse than having to get up at six or seven o'clock to get on the bus by X amount of clock. Just get you some calmness. Get you some organization in there. All right. The next one is talk to your child about safety. So we're definitely in the era or definitely in times where COVID is still, still trending, still relevant. So talk to them about safety what it means to wash their hands, what it means to wear their masks, what it means to social distance, all that good stuff. Make sure that they're continued to be equipped with some safety measures because, again, COVID is still real. Number three, get you a, uh, some scheduling. Wake up times, bed times, 
for pe nap times. I used to do naps when I got out of school. Um, so, you know, just get them some scheduling times because that'll help the day in their lives flow just a little bit better with some structure and some scheduling. Number four. No, y'all probably not going to like this one, but definitely limit the screen time. If they're still going to school virtually, that's cool. But after school or after, you know, doing their breaks, let them have a break from that. They don't need to get off the computer and go straight to TikTok or get back on the phone and do this. Limit the screen time, especially if you're not monitoring what they're watching. So, you know, this can lead to definitely behavior issues, withdrawal from, you know, cordial conversation. Just limit the screen time. And last but not least, plan some family time without electronics. Plan some family time where y'all can sit around the table and table talk about your day, what's going on, any, you know, sports, anything that's trending in your world. Pretty much what we do here on the New Norm Podcast. Just sit down and have some, you know, electronic list time with your kids, family members, and just actually see what's going on. Get perspective. Learn new words. Talk about what you learned today so you can actually see what's going on in your kid's life. So, as always, kindness is free. And that's kicking it with cake. Hey, oh, let's get it. I let's know. Get it. I know. Back to school, full effect. This is Thank true. It's just here. It's just here. Well, yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of back to school pictures already. So some schools are already in like right now. So um, for those of you who are already in school, you know, we hope that you have a great school year. And those of you guys that are preparing for school, you know, I think those were great tips. Did anybody used to have to practice going to bed when you was a kid? Like it's time for us to rehearse. Yeah, Get ready for back to school, you know, absolutely, especially when it was time to do the testing. Like, you yeah. have to get up and eat some breakfast and be the school. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So, that scheduling is, is major. So, yes. thank you for that, KP. Oh, excuse me. So, as we uh move through and uh, you know, just round out this episode, uh, we want to thank you guys for watching, for tuning in again. You know, for those new normers out there who uh, jumped into the comments and, and shared, we really appreciate you guys. Um, thank you, you know, for all that you bring to the podcast. And uh, we do this every first and fourth Tuesday of the month on uh, Facebook as well as on YouTube. So, yeah, make sure to check us out. Make sure you are following us at AH Community Wellness on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, we are always here making it happen. If you would like to be a guest, hit us up in the DMs. You know, we stay open. So just let us know what you're doing, and, and we would love to have you on. So, again, uh, this is a community wellness crew. We are representing Alethea House, and we are where community meets wellness. We'll see you again soon. Peace.